Welcome to Cracking Open a Cold Case. And, and other, other true, true crime, crime stories. stories. <laughs> um, today, Caitlin is not going to be on the podcast because she decided to go on a romantic getaway with her mans. Where'd she go? Uh, I actually don't even know. I didn't ask. Because hmm. I'm going to have more fun here without her anyway. Yeah, we are, we're glad to be here. And we're glad that Caitlin is not here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, her replacements are Vince Van Snow and Mark Smith DeYoung. Thanks for throwing in my <laughs> middle name like I'm some kind of presidential assassin. You're welcome. I threw in Vince's, so I had to throw in yours. Oh, I guess that's true. Allison's all about equality. Hmm. That's exactly what it. That's exactly what that was about. Um, anyway. What's in your cold ones? Drinking some ice cold ice water out of a red solo cup. Oh. I'll lift you up. <laughs> Let's have a party. Oh. Okay, what are you drinking, Mark? Mine well, mine's gone, I need to refill it, but it was lukewarm water. So I guess I wasn't ever cracking a cold one. Oh. Just lukewarm water. Cracking open a warm one. We've got a faker over here. Okay, okay, now ask me what was in my... What, was in, what, what should we say in unison, like you said? What, what was, was in your cold one? one? It's a Diet Pepsi in a can. Nice. Pepsi's changed the world. Remember when Kendall Jenner gave one to the <laughs> SWAT team member? That's when I stopped being a racist. <laughs> so, are you, are you Pepsi over Coke? I always thought you were a Coke person. Um, I'm whatever is available. Mm. And the house that we're in right now is a Pepsi household. Hmm. Yeah. So, just happened that way. Um, what exciting things have gone on in your lives this week? What would you like to make banter about? <laughs> Are you trying to grow mutton chops? Things? <laughs> no. <laughs> you just haven't shaved? Just, uh, yep. Just haven't shaved. Well, that's something we we could talk about. Is what is the the greatest type of facial hair? I do think mutton chops are cool. I won't lie. I'm into the the chops that flow into the mustache. Chops, ooh. Sort of giving you like the uh, 1800s colonel vibe. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those. Another classic look is the Fu, the Fu Manchus. Mm. I like when it's just a circle. Around, like it goes... <laughs> like pencil thin. Yeah, just around, goes under the nose, around the The Homer mouth. Simpson. Yeah. Is that a perfect circle? Uh, I don't know. I, I would call yours like the beatnik. I see a lot of beatniks having that. I don't have it on my face right now, for the record. <laughs> the one that Allison's growing right now. <laughs> I don't have... I just drew it on. I can't grow one. Uh... Uh, what are you doing tomorrow, Vince? I'm uh, flying on a plane and uh, going to buy a, a truck. In New Jersey? In the eastern United States. Um, have you been to Jersey before? Have you partied on the shore? I uh, actually went to New Jersey a couple months ago and I saw Allison's favorite band uh, play there, uh, U2. Oh, <laughs> they're I, definitely not my favorite band. I, I got very close to Bono and I told him hi from Allison because she loves him so much. 
You know, he made a joke about his glaucoma. He was like... Allison, I just want to get this straight. <laughs> Allison hates people with glaucoma, including <laughs> but not limited to Bono and Fetty Wap. Just, oh, yeah. I don't hate Fetty Wap. He makes amazing jams. What do you have against glaucoma? Because when I was 14, I had glaucoma. Oh. Luckily, but... it cleared up. Um, no, I don't have anything about against glaucoma. I just like to make fun of Bono. He's just really easy to make fun of. Also, did he... Yeah, because of all the hits he's had. That's super easy to make fun of. All the classic jams that he's produced for us over the years. I just really don't <laughs> like his music. Stop doing your fake laugh. We're going to fist fight. What are your feelings on YouTube, Mark? Um, not a huge fan. I did, I did grow to love uh, How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb because my 6th grade math teacher, Mr. Merkley, played it pretty much every day. Um, but... I'd have to say the best um, member of U2 is not Bono, it's Larry Mullins Jr. Let's see the timer. So, Mark, you used to have glaucoma? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to have glaucoma. I was uh, 14 years old uh, with some friends at a birthday party, and I got hit in the eye with a paintball. So, pretty close range. Uh, I blame, I hope they're listening, so they know that, that I blame Aaron Wilcox <laughs> and Ryan Safesim. Both of which did not have great lives after that, so I say oh. karma. Anyway. If you're oh. out there, if you're out there, guys, we're gonna come and kick your ass. <laughs> Wait, wasn't Ryan Safeston one of those guys that wore like a leather duster? What's a what's a leather duster? Like the Columbine guys wore, like the <laughs> like a a jacket that like goes down oh. to the ground. I don't think so. He did bring a gun to school though once, and then was never came to Ogden High again, so... <laughs> That's, that got really dark. Anyway. I'm sorry that you got shot in the eye with a paintball gun. Do, do you have uh, inevitable plans to do a uh, Columbine episode? I think that's probably been covered cool. a lot. I mean, if you if you wanted to hear my take on Columbine, I would. Which everyone, of course, wants to hear my special opinions on Columbine. But, Yeah. Anyway, thank you for sharing that, Mark. Thanks for being vulnerable. That, that yeah. couldn't have been easy to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely not. But I am thinking about setting up a GoFundMe for the damages. So uh, follow my page and donate. Was that in, like, 2006? Um, I'm bad with math. So probably something like that. What a year, 2006, am I right? Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've had anything what bad happen to me. What music came out in 2006? Is that, like... Killer's Hot Fuss. No, no that, that was 04. Okay, so that's like Sam's Town. Sam's Town era. That was a good... Great was, era. Yeah. At least with your glaucoma, you could listen to that. Did you mm -hmm. ever get to smoke weed for your coma? Your, no, I'm, no. Medical marijuana was not a thing. Uh, it was a good summer, though. It happened right before summer, and a lot of 8th grade girls came over to my house and brought me ice cream. So it was, it was a pretty good summer. Did, did you wear different colored glasses like Bono does? <laughs> no. Good, because I would have no. had to make fun of you. <laughs> I, like, I like Fetty Wap. Like, the, the beef Is I that have... Trap Queen? Yeah, yeah. Mm. See, he's good, right? Uh, yeah, I like the line about pies. Yeah, so. he's in the kitchen cooking pies. How do you feel about Fetty Wap? Um, uh, no, no, no comment. Would you rather hang out with Bono or Fetty Wap? Uh, Bono every single time. I'm Fetty Wap. I would yeah, me too. Fetty. 
Sorry. I don't... I just don't really see how you love you uh, 2 I do like the song One. We have karaoke that, if you will recall. Allison has never told me a U2 song that she doesn't like. I think she's making up this grudge <laughs> against U2 to be cool or hip or something. Because I just don't understand it. Is it because iTunes put the album automatically I on mean, your iPhone? I didn't really love them before then, but that didn't help. But, yeah, I like I don't like Vertigo. I'm thinking of that song specifically. That's, that's one of the ones that Mark is a fan of. Sorry, Mark. Um, I like right. this song called... Get or stuck in a moment and you can't get out of it. I think that that might be the whole title. I don't know. It's a pretty good one. I won't lie. So it sounds like you know quite a few of their songs and like them. <laughs> well, I can't dislike <laughs> them and not know their songs. That's not true. Lots. Have you ever been online? Yes. Good point. We just high fived. <laughs> <laughs> no one can see that. Um, okay, so what's your closing argument on you two? Uh, the, the album, The Joshua Tree, uh, which they played in its entirety when I saw them at, uh, in East Rutherford, New Jersey, at the MetLife Stadium, was incredible to see live, and uh, they just have a unique sound that they really pioneered a lot of stuff. What did they pioneer? Music. And and that's that's where I have to say that I'm not totally anti YouTube because a lot of my favorite bands list YouTube as sort of their <laughs> Did you just <laughs> Oh YouTube. No, YouTube. <laughs> they list them as their their influence. The so, killers. Yeah. They're like YouTube and the pet shop boys. Yeah. Angels and Airwaves. A lot of bands. So Allison's favorite is Angels and Airwaves. They're not my favorite. I don't like she, them more than Blink One Eighty Two. Or U two. The ends I, the ends of U two justify their means. Okay, so we've got Vince here because he's a Patty Hearst expert. Not certified, but he knows a few things. Been around the block. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to give, like, a brief overview, or do you want to just, like, jump in? I'll just give a super, super brief overview. Uh, Patty Hearst was the daughter of a wealthy family, and uh, she was kidnapped and um, later arrested and had a very highly publicized trial that was very controversial and so we're just going to be going over all of the events that made her thing public. So who was her grandpa? <coughs> uh, if you've seen the hit Disney musical Newsies, uh, he was referenced in one of the songs. Uh, his name's William Randolph Hearst. He was an American publishing magnate. He, okay, he was mentioned more than just in one of the songs, you amateur. Mark probably knows. Uh, I just <laughs> I, I just know him from uh, a lot of the comm classes I've taken at school. I think, if I remember right, he's known for uh, yellow journalism, which is sort of like the tabloid uh, stuff, of the, the, the origins of tabloid news. Which I'm a big fan of. I love going grocery shopping and looking at the headlines, so Aww. it's always great. That was a good nod to uh, civics in Ogden High School, right? Yes, yes, yes. Ryan Waite. Yeah, shout out. He's definitely going to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite song from Newsies? Um, it's a tie between uh, Carrying the Banner and um, the Santa other... Santa Fe? And Come on, Santa, Santa, Fe. Fe. Santa Fe. I think it's a unanimous Santa Fe. I, I was anticipating well, uh, you saying just saying Santa Fe. Sorry, can I redo that? Just ask me it again. Uh, what's your favorite Newsies song? It's Santa Fe, unanimously, <laughs> if I had to choose myself. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. Um, okay, let's, oh, um, who, who did you have a 400 plus day streak with on Snapchat that you ruined? I don't understand the nature of the question, and I won't respond to it. <laughs> okay, okay, I guess you can just go on. Sorry, sorry for um, it, getting into I just want to say, for all you listeners out there, it takes two people to keep a Snapchat streak alive, so I don't think any one person can be blamed specifically so I just want to make sure that that's known before my name gets dragged through the mud on uh, line. I'm going to post about it on my Tumblr. I don't have a Tumblr, but I'm going to start one. <laughs> anyway, okay. Go on about Patty. She was a cutie, right? Um, yep, she was uh, quite a uh, cutie. So looking at Patty Hearst's mug shots, what would you guys rate her out of 10? This, ooh. She... Depending on which uh, which picture you look at her of, so she was a uh, had a picture taken in front of the Symbionese Liberation Army's flag with holding a gun, and uh, that one really mm. gets me going. Oh, I, yeah, I, this I, is a family show. I would say that one mm, seven, maybe eight, because of the gun. <laughs> uh, that just makes her a little more rugged. Uh, I'd probably go six, seven on her. Uh, I think her daughter's really pretty. And I know that's kind of dodging the question, but I'm a heterosexual female, so let me just dodge it. No, I'm just kidding. She's I'm, pretty. I'm I'm quite attracted to Patty Hearst. <laughs> um, okay, but now she's 63, so is it a tap or slap? I don't even know what that game is. What? I'll play. Be being married, I'd, I'd slap, so... Yeah, so that means that, that means he wouldn't. I'm loyal. Yeah. I would think about it. I'd have to consider it. Okay. I'd tap. Okay. Well, her daughter, for in case anyone knows and is uh, extremely cultured like me, her daughter is an actress named Lydia Hurst, and she's married to Chris Hardwick from... What does he host? Um, the Talking Dead. That's the one. Yeah. And something else. And that game show they just ended on Comedy Central. It was probably... Oh, oh, t at Tonight? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's doing okay for himself. But... So, Vince, could you kind of talk about maybe the uh, circumstances of Patty's kidnapping? Yeah, so... She lived in uh, San Francisco, and uh, uh, she was living with her boyfriend at the time, um, which her parents did not support, and uh, um, which becomes uh, important later on because uh, um, uh, she was brainwashed. Um, but so she was living in an apartment, and uh, the there was a left-wing terrorist group called the Symbionese Liberation Army, and they came to her apartment and they beat up her boyfriend, and they kidnapped her. Um, they... Wait, did they have her on their, her, their radar because she was from a rich family, or was there... Exactly. So, 
the Symbionese Liberation Army, the SLA, um, had just committed a murder. They uh, killed a guy named Marcus Foster, and um, uh, they two of the SLA members were arrested for that, and they um, wanted to... So, uh, a lot of the SLA's intentions were never really clear because they didn't have a clear leader, they, they weren't... They weren't well led. They they did a lot of random things, so it's tough to see what their motives were. It seems like they might have thought that they could have exchanged Patty Hearst in in, in return for uh, the two members of theirs that got arrested in in correspondence with this murder of Mark, Marcus Foster. Wait, so wait, can we go back a second? Yes. Back to the yellow journalist William Randolph Hearst. Did you see her family was associated with immense political influence and anti-communism war going back before World War II? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I do <laughs> recall that. That could have been irrelevant, but I just wanted to... No, no, I recall there being sort of a, a famous uh, cartoon that was printed in his publication. I, I think this is why it was called Yellow Journalism, because it was... Uh, sort of negatively depicting uh, Chinese, Asian people, uh, and kind of, like you said, communism. So, um, Mark is the real scholar here tonight. Just on, just on yellow journalism. I'd never heard of Patty Hearst, and frankly, I'm not that attracted to her either. <laughs> this is now a yellow journalism podcast, so if you turned in for Patty Hearst, uh, you're going to have to... <laughs> Do some personal research. That's gonna, just that's just a joke. We're gonna do yellow journalism against one or not One Direction. You two and Bono and those stupid glasses. So I'm seeing something interesting here. How, how do you say the name of this terrorist organization events? Uh, the Symbionese Liberation Army. Okay, I, I, I was just curious, looking up kind of what their their thing was all about. The name comes from the word symbiosis, like in nature when things have a symbiotic relationship. Uh, and so it looks like they were kind of about like harmony and like partnership, it says, and, and peace. But so I'm curious as why kidnapping and murder was their, their dealio. Yeah, yeah. So there's a guy named Jeffrey Tubin who wrote a book in 2016 about Patty Hearst called American Heiress. And uh, he talks about in the book um, how the Symbionese Liberation Army was about sim uh, symbiotic symbiosis or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they weren't really uh, binding anything together. Uh, liberation, they didn't really free anything. Army, they had like 12 people max ever at one time. So it, it's kind of a, a funny name because it, it doesn't really describe him at all. Like So, a, so mm. it's like Fox News having the slogan fair and balanced. Oh! oh! Where, where's our diss sound effect? <laughs> Hold on, let me pull up my ham horn. <laughs> what? Hold on. Wait, say that say again? That, yeah, one more time. Uh, so it's... So <laughs> <laughs> No, but really, is it, that's a good example, I feel. It wasn't just a diss. That was just a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, so, their motives are questionable because 
Um, as you'll see, they uh, asked for a large ransom from uh, Patty Hearst's family, but as well, they... So they, uh, they asked for a large ransom from uh, Patty Hearst's family in exchange for, uh, exchange for uh, Patty's freedom, but they um, were going to donate it to poor people all around San Francisco. So, and, and then there's the, the flip side of it where they robbed banks and, and killed Marcus Foster. Um, so the, the group is unorganized. It's not got a clear uh, manifesto or anything. Uh, it's their motives are are all over the place. So mm -hmm. maybe they stand for something, but it's it's unclear based on their actions that you would ever be able to tell that. So when you say left wing group, maybe that shows in the fact of taking from the rich to to provide for the poor. Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of things were happening in America at this time. This was they were contemporaries with. Um, uh, the Jonestown Guiana um, cult that that had 900 people drink the Kool Aid and all committed mass suicide. Um, it's uh, a, a lot of a lot of big events were happening in the United States. Those those were two that were happening like at the exact same time. Um, which there's there's another event I can't remember, but I'll I'll bring it up in a second when I do remember it. Um. Wait, so a manifesto isn't that like what like. The so that one kid that like shot up UC Berkeley, not UC Berkeley, one of those college towns in like 2013. Mm -hmm. Like he wrote a manifesto, so like his mission statement. Yeah. Okay. I'm and I remember I saw a tweet online that was like, "Never date somebody who has written a manifesto," mm -hmm. which is probably a good idea. Not that I was really look like you know even like Clark Kent has a manifesto so you might want to reconsider that. So uh, oh. Karl Marx uh, usually he's uh, out of the running. When I meet boys, I'm just like, have you written a manifesto? <laughs> Show me your manifesto, <laughs> lay it on me. I actually don't date people unless they've written a manifesto. <laughs> oh, okay, that's a, that's probably a better policy. So my next question is, did the Hirsch family give up the money for Patty? So they asked for $4 million. The SLA asked for $4 million, but the, they ended up donating about $2 million. Mm. A drop in the bucket. So to give some other perspective, to, go, just, to just rewind a little bit, um, the, there was a guy named Donald DeFries, and he was the leader of the SLA. He was a, uh, he was a convict. He'd been in prison, and uh, it was a prison close to Berkeley University, is it Berkeley University? What is it? Berkeley College? Cal? Ber is it Cal? Cal Berkeley? Yeah. Berkeley. UC Berkeley. UC Berkeley. The Golden University Bears. of Cal University of California at Berkeley. Aren't you from California, so you should know everything about Berkeley? Northern California is not where I'm from. Oh. Very different. Can you, okay. Well, is the is the other significant event you were trying to think of with the Jonestown and this uh, the Black Panther? The Black Panthers were, uh, um, so, uh, the, the SLA was, uh, I hesitate to say it this way, like a splinter group of the Black Panthers. They weren't, they weren't really have, they didn't have the same mission statement. They didn't have the manifesto. same manifesto. Um, but they were, uh, there was, it, it, it sounds kind of weird right now to us, like, oh, a weird terrorist left-wing group, um, 
apparently there was a lot of groups like this in, um, Cal especially California and the Bay Area at this time. Um, so Donald DeFreeze, the leader of the SLA, was in prison and people would go and visit him in prison and um, a lot of people who were imprisoned at this time had, had a lot of visitors from uh, college towns because they were getting these ideas because there's a lot of anti-government sentiment around and so um, that it, it, it's, it's not as I guess as weird as it seems that they were in this tight-knit radical mm. group. Wait, what? I didn't think it was weird until you said that. You made it weird. <laughs> um, what do you mean, like, putting them in the same category? Is that what you mean by having it weird? be weird? Uh, it just seems weird to me that there's a uh, radical terrorist group that was, like, 20 people in... San Francisco? San Francisco, yeah. Wait, have you ever been to uh, Alcatraz? <laughs> no, I've never been to Alcatraz. I've been to Alcatraz twice. What? And I love So I Married an Axe Murder. And my favorite scene is when they go to Alcatraz. Oh my gosh. The worst part about Alcatraz is... Okay, let's get down to brass tacks and talk about Patty's imprisonment. So, she was kidnapped and she was kept in a closet for 57 days, blindfolded, she was let out to eat, um, but in the closet she didn't have enough room to stretch her legs. Um, she was raped by various members of the SLA, and um, she was just kept in this closet all the time, and so her only, all she could do was listen, and um, because she was kept at the SLA headquarters, so she heard uh, the banter of uh, the SLA and what they were doing, so they knew she knew. Oh, they're talking to my family, and they're not. Want, my family's not wanting to be cooperative about giving the money. But then they, she found out that they did give money to um, the poor, and so that uh, kind of confused her motives. She's like, "Oh, these people aren't doing their motives. They're not doing this for monetary gain. They, they." have some kind of mission that they're trying to accomplish. Um, she heard that the, the police and her family weren't being, um, that they weren't wanting to come to her rescue. Whether that was true or not, um, she was, it, it kind of poisoned her mind. Against her family? Against her family. So she was... And the police. She was basically like, these cuties want to donate rich people's money to the poor. I'm into it. Well... I'm, I'm sure she sure. said so, so, something to that effect. She like she uh, heard their manifesto and liked it. Basically, <laughs> she played slapper tap and she tapped. <laughs> she okay. tapped the SLA. Well, so I'm, I'm kind of getting like a Bane vibe from these guys. If you've seen The Dark Knight Rises, where he wants it, everything to be anarchy. Kind of, but best specifically like an attack on. The wealthy, aka Bruce Wayne and his people. Yeah, so I, I think that that's kind of the the undertones we get from the SLA. But uh, Donald DeFreeze was just a bad guy. He um, he was violent and uh, he um, wanted to have dominion over like all the. He, he's very very manipulative over all the members of the SLA. Um, he was like a. Uh, a dollar store uh, Jim Jones or 
um, was he in prison the leader. entire time? And they just no, no, no. He, he he got out of prison the whole time. He was part of the he he helped abduct. Um, okay, so when did he go to prison? That they were you're talking about that they went to visit him. So that was when so Patty Hearst was 19 when she got um, abducted. She was at Berkeley then, and she visited um, Donald DeFries before that while she was at college. So it must have been in the year or so before that if she went to college at age 18. Wait, why? She went to visit Donald DeFries. She did so. Why? Uh, uh, it was a thing that you kind of did back then. A lot of college students were visiting convicts. Um, a, a, just kind of like, the, like ra the radical uh, it, nature of the time for college rebellion, especially on a progressive campus like it was Berkeley. hip and cool. Well, so can I go to uh, the Utah State Prison and talk to Curtis Allguy or whatever, that guy that has like a Nazi symbol on his forehead? Would that be radical? Uh, in my opinion, no. Wait, so she didn't go visit him for a purpose? She wasn't like... I'm not. I'm Let's not familiar with the details of of her visit, no, but uh, they... she she did go and visit him. Okay, interesting. I just I'm trying to figure out. I feel like it's just part of the rebellion culture. <laughs> yeah, of yeah, the yeah. Time periods like, oh, I'm gonna stray away from sort of. Are you guys mansplaining? <laughs> my legs, my legs are spread. So take that. Man spreading. So definitely, um, she had different political views than her parents did. So um, some of these things that we see of her later sympathizing with the SLA are foreshadowed by her visiting Donald DeFries and living with her boyfriend. Mm. That's so deep. The foreshadowing. Using the word foreshadowing is deep. Good one. Thanks. <laughs> okay, okay, keep going. <laughs> so, after 57 days, she was released, and she the blindfold was taken off, and that was when she first saw her captor. She had not seen them until that point. Did she go back on? Okay, so Patty Hearst sees her captors for the first time, and she is not into them anymore. <laughs> Other way around. She starts to be into them. When she sees them, because mm -hmm. they've got a six-pack so, each, athletic um, thighs. So, it's, uh, there's a member of the, of the SLA named Willie Wolf, and uh, it's controversial. Um, he, he definitely did rape her, but they also had, at some point, some type of uh, consensual sexual relationship um, that is, but it's, it's also debated that, um, if, it was Stockholm syndrome -y. Yeah, so since she's, since she's been imprisoned, um, since she was kidnapped and blindfolded for 57 days and, and was hardly let out of this, of this closet, how, how much consent can you, can you actually give when, when you have so little freedom? So, um, but there was some, some type of relationship there, um, yes. So was he a big deal in the SLA? Um, no, he was, he was just a regular member. Um, just a regular terrorist. Just a run-of-the-mill, no manifesto, just a casual member. terrorist, yeah, left-wing radical. Okay, so they had a love affair, kind of. His real name, William Lawton Wolf. 
Okay, sorry, I'm I'm looking it up. I'm I'm behind a little, but I'm not Vince. I'm not an expert. He's he's busy drinking apple juice instead of feeding the facts. Poke, poking open a cold one. Yeah. Because it's a whatever type of drink this is called with the straw that I'm poking open with. A uh, juice box. That's the one. Nice. Yeah, so we're not sponsored by Mott's Talk, Mott's for Talks, <laughs> Apple Juice, but we wish we were. Am I right? <laughs> mm mm, good. Yes, nice. Okay, so, oh, there's a people, there's a people.com article from 1975. Well, it's not people, it's People Magazine. From 1974, that's called The Man Patty Hearst Loved. And she did a eulogy at his uh, funeral. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of weird. Um, so she's, she said, uh, she's recorded as saying all these things, um, these really great things about him, how he would never hurt anybody and how he has all these pure motives. Um, so definitely we begin to see the signs of, of the brainwashing that she went through. Or um, Again, it, scholars debate on what to what extent she was brainwashed and to what extent she was just um, uh, trying trying to make the best of her circumstances. Um, so uh, I'll let the I'll let the listener make their own conclusion on that. But uh, definitely uh, definitely starting to see some conflicting motives and a, a change in in Patty. So the whole time that Patty is with the SLA and and starting to to become more involved with them. Her family's still under the impression that she's kidnapped? Mm-hmm. 100%. Okay. Yep, so she... Uh... They never informed her family that she's banging Willie Wolf. <laughs> she uh, she didn't write any letters home and tell her about... Uh, about Willie... write home about. Yeah. That's what she told him after. She's like, that was cool, but nothing to write home about, and then didn't write home. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next significant event um, that Patty was involved in was uh, there was a, a picture of her taken. Um, we were discussing it earlier with a machine gun and the SLA flag, um, and so that got out. And so then people started raising some eyebrows, like, "What's going on? Like she's." So there's no clear, like, so she's just in the closet for 56 days, and then when they see her, she just, like, cooperates, basically? Um, I'm not familiar with uh, entirely what happened in between. Um, it's probably very fairly mundane. Um, but she, at, at she there's a, gra a, a time passes, a period of time passes, and she becomes more sympathetic and eventually allies with the SLA. Okay. Still pretty Stockholm Syndrome-y. Yeah, so she originally was uh, abducted in February of, just to give you a timeline, February of 1974. And in April, on April 3rd of 1974, she, uh, an audio tape was released, um, say, and she said in her own voice that she had joined the SLA. Um, and then on April 15th, she... A uh, picture was taken of her uh, by a surveillance camera at a bank that the SLA robbed. So that the, there was a bank robbery, 
the SLA came, and there's a very, very famous picture of her uh, holding an M1 carbine um, in, um, in from this surveillance camera from this bank robbery. Um, during the robbery, her uh, something controversial, her, her gun jammed, and so at, while she was at her trial, people weren't people were trying to figure out that that's always been the question the the whole patty hearst case is did she was she tricked and coerced into doing these things um and sympathizing with this sla or was she um or was she doing it of her own free will so her gun jammed she had orders to to discharge her weapon um but we were unsure if her gun hadn't jammed what she would have done Wait, what kind of gun was it? Was it a shotgun? An M1 carbine. Oh, okay. I don't know what that is. Can you explain it to idiots? M1 carbines for dummies. A uh, semi-automatic weapon used in World War II. <laughs> oh, okay. It looks like a shotgun, kind of. Sure. I think it does, doesn't it? Um. It's a long gun. More rifle-y, I would say. Okay. I'm sorry, I don't know things about shotguns. Shotguns scatter. Time. Rifles shoot one bullet. Shotguns scatter? Oh, because they do two at once? More. Th so you, a shotgun shell, right, is full of bullets, little tiny bullets, and they scatter out, whereas a rifle just shoots one bullet straight out. So it looks like a rifle to me. I'm learning a lot about guns. Thank I in you. no way Support am gun. in supporting gun rights or not supporting gun rights. That was not a political statement. So this is an anti-gun podcast. What were you going to tell you? No, I'm just kidding. Um, you can have guns if you want. Just don't, like, take them to Don't casual. shoot up schools. Don't go to, like, a yogurt shop with, like, a gun in your pocket. Like, whether you're going to shoot it or not, that's kind of weird. Don't you think? I mean, so, okay. uh, so, um... That was the that was the first big crime. That was the first time she was seen in public um, with the SLA. That was the first big crime she committed for them. Did hold on, hold on. Did you think she looked cuter holding that gun than she did in her mugshot? I shot? think we already talked about this, didn't we? Uh, we we did compare the mugshot. Oh, shots Mark the, did. I yeah. think she looked better. It made her look better, a little more uh, 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 yeah. saucy, like a Bond girl. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so do we know what her family? Is now thinking when they see this picture of her going viral. Um, I am not familiar with what her family was thinking. Okay, but at this point, they probably know. Okay, this is no longer just kidnapping. 1974's version of viral, so on the news and on the newspaper. Yeah, so they've definitely heard. And uh, two weeks before the robbery, um, her family heard her audio tape saying that she oh. was now a member of the SLA. So uh, they're probably freaking out and being like, what's up? Where's our daughter? What's who? Probably what freaking out even more than when they found out she was living with her boyfriend. Well, I mean, hopefully, if they're really old-fashioned, they'd probably be like, oh, thank goodness we got her away from that guy. That was... At least she's in a committed relationship now Yeah. with the SLA. She's At least she's tapping the SLA. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, a lot of a lot of major events happen uh, pretty soon after the uh, bank robbery. Um, several of the SLA members moved to Los Angeles, and um, they uh, there's there's two members specifically, William and Emily Harris. Um, they go into a sporting goods store with um, 
and uh, uh, Patty is left in the van um, while they're in the store, and uh, they decide to shoplift. And so they they take something off the shelf, and they're walking out of the store, and one of the security guards comes up to them and grabs William on the wrist and confronts them. And uh, uh, William raises a gun, but the security guard slaps it out of his hand and was able to get a... Uh, um, a, a manacle or a, a handcuff on on one of his wrists. Um, so Patty's out in the van, but she sees this scuffle happening, and so she has an automatic weapon, and so she starts shooting all over the place. So she's across the street, but she's un unloading clip after clip across the street, and uh, it uh, it's it's not working. The, the security guy's still holding on to William. So what she does is she gets another weapon and starts shooting, and uh, she doesn't hit anybody, but she's she shoots the store sign, the light post, um, and uh, the Emily and William are able to get away, and so they they leave in the van. So it's uh, again her motives are called into question here because they were in the store. And she was in the van alone. She had weapons, and she had the keys to the van, and she could have left. She stayed. She could have let William and Emily get caught and said, I'm a prisoner of theirs. But instead she fired all these weapons to help protect them, and then helped them escape and escaped with them and did not... It, it, it seemed like she didn't really care about being free, but that she wanted to be a member of the SLA at that point in time. But it still could be the Stockholm Syndrome-y thing. Like, J.C. Duggard, have you ever heard of her? She was, like, captive for, like, 18 years and had, like, four kids with this one guy. And she had kind of a lot of freedom um, that she could had chances to, like, get away. But she didn't dare because, like, they threatened her with a bunch of stuff. Not that mm -hmm. I know, like, the ins and outs of theirs, but yeah. it sounds kind of similar where they didn't dare leave. Yeah, yeah, so that that's a... Uh... That's, yeah, that's, that's where it comes into question, like, well, I, I, you, can, you can kind of see it from both sides. Well, I understand that she probably had Stockholm Syndrome, because that's, that's, that's the only thing that makes sense, is why, else, why would she have stayed? Like, it doesn't make rational sense that she would have stayed and protected her captors. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts, Mark? Yeah, it, it seems to me that she definitely... Um, wanted to stay, whether that was she was brainwashed into that or she legitimately liked being a part of this rebellious um, cult of the of that condition of the 70s we were talking about. So uh, I think maybe at this point I would throw out that she was staying just to survive. Mm -hmm. So Emily, Har Emily and William Harris and Patty are on the run. Um, the other members of the SLA um, get tracked down to a house in Los Angeles, and uh, around 400 police officers surround the house, and uh, they say they're armed and demand everybody who's in the house to exit the house. Um, an elderly man and a child come out of the house and say um, that there's other people in the house. Um, even though no one else comes out. And so the police throw a tear gas canister in to the house, and uh, 
uh, a huge gunfight starts. The the there's six SLA members inside of the house, and they start firing at the police officers, and the police start firing back. Um, it was a huge deal. Um, the the house catches on fire eventually, and uh, the police are trying to get the people to to come out. Um, but a couple of the SLA members do come out, but they get shot, and the other surviving SLA members pull the um, member who got shot back in the house. Um, and eventually, um, all the members uh, die either via gunshot wound or um, smoke inhalation or, or, or bur bur being burned alive. So the ones that died in the house were Donald DeFries and uh, Willie Wolf. And then uh, a few. Four, four no names. Four. Uh, they four, didn't put out, so four we lackeys. don't care. Yeah. Wow. So it was a a real bloodbath. How did uh, what's her face and the other girl? The, how did Patty, Patricia, Hurst, and the other lady get away from it? So they weren't in the house. So they were on the run because the um, um, the event at the sporting goods store. They were they were still on the run from that. And when you said on the run earlier, I thought you meant that they were like they somehow escaped before they got there and left. No, so the 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 house that the other SLA members that were at was tracked down by a, an unpaid parking ticket. I think it had to do with the van that uh, they were at the sporting goods store from. But Patty and the other two were actually able to watch the the standoff, the siege that the police had on the house on TV because it was being aired live because it was it was such a big deal. It was to this day it's one of the biggest uh, police shootouts in U.S. crime or police history. Uh, there was like four thousand rounds shot by the SLA members and somewhere around five thousand rounds shot by the police into the house. So with Don DeFreeze now dead, does this essentially like make the SLA defunct? Are they done? So you would think that it would because he was their leader, but um, the it was another thirteen months before uh, Patty Hearst was arrested and caught. But over th over that time period, she committed three more bank robberies with the uh, with the SLA with the other remaining members. Um, I, I think a couple new members joined on, and uh, um, she was participated in three other crimes. In one of the crimes, um, a woman, um, uh, I'm struggling to find her name right now, but a, a woman was killed in one of the other crimes, and so that was that was. That a was big, an SLA member, or just a random? A random woman died um, because of someone's gun discharged in the robbery. It's like the whole SLA thing. Would you say it's akin to a frat or sorority? <laughs> Um, so, yeah, it's, the whole thing's like, they're hazing, uh, Patty Hearst to see how loyal she would be. And she had to drink as much as she could until she blacked out. Yeah. And whatever, whatever else they do in frats. Boat races. Yeah. What? I get all my frat information from Gus and Nick Gochner, two of the, uh, members of Beta Theta Pi at University of Utah. <laughs> um... Are they not supposed to give out those frat secrets? 
Uh, I think it's they had to give them under the table. Oh, okay. Uh, so you're giving us illegal information right now? Yeah, they just love making memories. So. <laughs> they they really do. Yeah. Listen to this podcast for exclusive frat information. I still don't really remember anything else about frats besides that they drink too much and are... I mean, no offense if, and if you're rape listening. women. <laughs> <laughs> Mark went fired. there. Bari. It's. I mean, it's okay. We're trying to make. We're trying to make memes on the air, so you had to. You had. Sorry to say if it. you're in a frat. I'm sure most of you are great people. Yeah. Some of you are great people. Let's. Although, let's be clear. The betas did host a party called Betas in Space about two years ago. I got a Facebook invite to go, so. Never really forgiven him for that. I went to. You didn't a, attend. I did not. I I did. I, was I with you when Betas in Space was going down? I don't was, think I was let in. I went to one for like ten minutes, and it was like nineties themed, uh, and there was a guy in a diaper because he was like, I was a baby in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was really. I couldn't stay for very long because it was gross in there, and also it was. We took Mark, but he couldn't come in because he was a guy. And they, they wanted the ratio to be, to be tons of women to men, but yeah, okay. On back on to Patty Hearst. I enjoyed sitting in Allison's car for the ten minutes you were there. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it, was, <laughs> it wasn't even my car; it was my mom's car, so it was really classy. You got to. Is that a Jetta, right? Yeah. What's yeah. isn't your mom? Doesn't she also have a name similar to somebody we're talking about? Yeah, her name's Patrice, so she could have been called Patty if she felt like it, but she didn't because she's not basic. <laughs> she goes by Trice because she's complex, and she'll never listen to Patty this. Patty Hearst wasn't complex at all. Basic. Only basics join terrorist groups that they're kidnapped into. Think of the faves that you would get, though. If if I was in a terrorist group? Think of the retweets of Allison holding a... Uh, M, whatever that gun was. M1 carbine? Yeah. That would get... I'd fave it. I'd retweet it. I'd smash the MF retweet. <laughs> Thank you. The principle of that just touches my heart. So anyway, back to to our girl Patty. So she got arrested in uh, September of 1975. Uh, the, the name of a popular... Uh, UK band, uh, the 1975, with such hits like Chocolate and The Sound. Um, Those, yeah. Um, Good plug. What's they're your not, favorite 1975 song? not sponsoring girls. My favorite 1975 song um, probably is called A Change of Heart. Oh, I like, yeah, I like girls as far as upbeat ones. Um, I, I also really like sex. I was going to say, I was going to try to call you out prior to you saying that. Because I think sex is really overrated. The song. What about the act? <laughs> I'd that's this is not the time for that, Vince. This is a children's show. That was incredibly is, inappropriate of me to ask, and I uh, ask for the listeners' apologies. This uh, podcast is on par with like watching the Wiggles. That's how family friendly it is. Well, just <laughs> if I can throw in my two cents as the only married man in here, uh, there is a Allison would have a tough time being a married man. <laughs> Married person general. There is a great book that Allison did want me to plug. Um, that if you're planning on getting married, I would highly recommend Sensible Sex by Lindsay. Dr. Lindsay Curtis. It was actually a great read. 
for someone innocent like me uh, who didn't <laughs> know much going into the uh, the wedding. He had never night listened nuptials. to the 1975 song. Yeah, no, my 1975 is it's just the uh, the non deep cuts, the shallow cuts, like the sound, the radio. Yeah. Um, I on. At Mark's wedding, uh, we were decorating his car, and I wrote Sensible Sex by Lindsay Curtis on the window. <laughs> that just tells you how much I plug this book. It, we're not even being sponsored by Lindsay Curtis. He's probably dead. I think Lindsay Curtis on. is uh, paying me under the table, I'm going to be real honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Vince is an undercover. So, uh, she was arrested rather uh, uneventfully um, with another uh, SLA member in a San Francisco apartment, and... Uh, uh, put on trial, um, she was described as uh, being a low IQ, low effect zombie. Uh, she had some clear signs of uh, trauma and uh, mental uh, illness. Um, she uh, was having insomnia and nightmares. Um, it says here, without a mental illness or defect, a person was held fully responsible for any criminal action not done under duress defined as a clear and present threat of death or serious injury rather than peer pressure or being a low-ranking member of a conspiracy. Um, so the the case that was built around her being brainwashed was unprecedented at this point in time. Cause she's, okay. Well, I had a question, but I lost my question. So I'm just here to say great... Uh, great job. Keep going. So, how did the trial go? So, wow, great segue. <laughs> great question. That was... Well, the trial, huh? That trial? <laughs> what, what about that trial? So, um, she had a, uh, a high-profile lawyer named F. Lee Bailey, and he was a... Um... um Kind of uh, a big personality. Um, he later worked on the uh, O.J. Simpson case. Wait, wait. Yeah, I think he's played by Nathan Lane in the uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. O.J. Did you just call him... Did you just say Cuba? Is it Cuba? I say Cuba, but anyway. I thought it was Cuba because it spoke um, exactly like... But um, anyway, yeah. Listeners, we're going to need you to vote. Uh, fave this if it's Cuba. Retweet if it's Cuba. I'll just... Okay, well, why would it be Cuba? <laughs> I, I just thought during, you know, the whole Snow Dogs press tour that they were saying Cuba, so I'm sorry. I just watched this video that said, like, Cuba Gooding Jr. ruined his career with Snow Dogs, but he's on that OJ thing, uh, so it can't Michael be Michael Bolton was in Snow Dogs, so <laughs> and he's... call it a career killer, but I would disagree. Michael Bolton is the star standard. But anyway, who is the guy on the... If, or in the O.J. Simpson trial that said, if the glo gloves don't jo fit, you must acquit. Johnny Cochran. Dang it. I who was the main attorney um, after Bob Shapiro was. Do I need to watch that? The FX one? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. thought it was With a good thing. Cuba? With Cuba. Cuba. So, um, uh... The lawyer seemed like a good idea at the time, although, uh, later it, uh... He had a, a a mishap that may have cost uh, uh, Patty some jail time. So uh, the trial was uh, very highly publicized, and uh, because of 
uh, how unprecedented the case was. Um, that's why it got so much attention. Um, the the offense, not the de the prosecution, not the defense. <laughs> The, not offense, the quarterback. I mean, <laughs> he was like the running back of this law, this case, am I right? Um, was try trying to prove that uh, Patty had done all the things of her own free will, and the defense was trying to prove that she had been brainwashed. Uh, brainwashed. Um, so we've talked about a lot of the things um, that they were claiming, that uh, the sex that she had with William Wolfe and DeFreeze was uh, voluntary or consensual, um, the prosecution was trying to prove, based on her writings and things she'd said, and uh, also her actions in the uh, bank robberies and the um, the so did, sporting goods store um, in protecting William and Emily Harris. In that back back at the one um, robbery that somebody a random lady died at. Did Patty Hearst kill her, or was someone else responsible? So, someone else was responsible. It was not uh, Patty Hearst's gun. Oh, okay. Bec oh, here's a here's a hot t uh, tidbit. During his closing argument, Bailey spilled a glass of water on his pants. That's on Wikipedia. I hate when that happens. So, <laughs> so that really probably negatively affected her case. Uh, <laughs> that that really probably did her in. They peed his pants. <laughs> Okay, well... So, um, one, of the, one of the things that uh, uh, was, was really bad for Patty that uh, her lawyer did was um, the, he put her on the stand. So she was called to testify herself, and the prosecution was able to ask her several questions about the three robberies that took place after the surplus store was robbed, the sporting goods store was uh, robbed, and so... Uh, he told her that she should uh, plea the fifth and not say anything, and it led the jury to believe that she was guilty. And so it uh, it kind of happened all at the end of the trial, and so it left a, a really guilty taste in the jury's mouths, and ultimately she was convicted. A guilty taste. She was On March 20th, she was convicted of a bank robbery and using a firearm during a felony. She was given the maximum sentence of uh, possible 35 years. Wait, but this says um, she was convicted and sentenced to seven years in prison. So, she... Uh, oh, so what? If they were, Never mind, I'll let you go. Go. Um, so, she, she did end up being convicted for seven years, yes. Um, I don't know the discrepancy there. Like... It was like a sentence that could potentially get her 35 years. But yeah, then yeah, that, that was the maximum. Sentenced her to seven. Okay. And then, so she was in 22 months, or she was in jail for 22 months before her sentence was commuted by President Jimmy Carter. Yeah, so like we were talking about earlier, um, exactly around this time, um, the, the Jonestown Massacre, is that what it's called? Mass Suicide. Yeah. Um, happened, and so um, brainwashing was a hot topic that people were discussing, and so the morality of imprisoning her um, became came into discussion, and a lot of celebrities were making comments about how she was 
improperly imprisoned because of all that she'd gone through, despite her actions. Okay. So, she got, and then, so she was in there for 22 months, and then, so in 1977, she was released. And then in 2001, she was pardoned by President Bill Clinton. So he was just like, girl, I, it's whatevs. I don't know how that works, because she was had her sentence commuted, but then she also had it pardoned, like, 20 years later. So, I don't know how that works, but... Maybe they all thought she was a cutie, and they did it for... So, <laughs> in conclusion, um, she was released from prison. She married a police officer two months after she got out who uh, um, had... Did uh, they go the distance? Like, are they still married? So, he died in 2013, but they were married up until his death. Oh, okay. Um, they uh, had uh, two children. Um, Lydia Hurst, an actress, socialite type. And another child named that, Jillian, I guess. Who gives a crap about Jillian? She's never been in movies. Um, <laughs> uh, one, uh, one fun little tidbit is that uh, uh, Patty and her dogs have participated in dog shows. Um, at the uh, 2017 show, her French bulldog, Tuggy, won Best Breed, and Ruby won Best of Opposite Sex. What? It was like a ma male-dominated thing or something? Why was there one for op best of opposite sex? Feminism. Was it a transgender dog? That's a very weird uh, category, I just feel like. Vince, you should know all this. That is going to be one that uh, the readers are going to the listeners are going to have to... Conclude themselves? Yes. Don't you think that's kind of a weird topic? A weird category? Yeah, maybe like... Well, female dogs only earn... 70 cents per dollar that a male dog earns. So I think it's a great category. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I like I like a good French bulldog. Um, Patty wrote a memoir or an autobiography in 1981 um, called Every Secret Thing. CC Prophet, stop texting Vince right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it... Uh, um, it's... Uh, it affirms her innocence and how she was brainwashed. Um, so it was kind of a, a a reply to people who were saying that she was guilty. Um, oh, it was a giant subtweet. It was a big slap in the face to all her haters. <laughs> she she dabbed on her haters in the end. Don't at her. <laughs> well, um, was oh, so like the moral of the story is yes, Queen Slay. <laughs> The moral of the story is that if you get kidnapped by a terrorist group in America and you cooperate for a little while... If you're rich and a white woman... Then you can you can make anything happen. Right? That's my personal beliefs and opinions. Okay. Did you have any closing thoughts, any either of you? No, i just say tweet at us, let us know what you think. Was yeah. she brainwashed? Or I'd be interested to know what people think. Brainwashed, oh, yeah. or was she actually into it? Um, the the first really good biography, um, I already mentioned it earlier, written by her in the past 30 years, uh, was called American Heiress. It's by Jeffrey Tubin, and uh, it I have only read a synopsis, but uh, it seems to be uh, 
pretty good one uh, as far as biographies for go. If you want to follow Vince on Goodreads, uh, you could do it because <laughs> he's the only person that I follow on it, and I just get emails that say Vince updated his books to read or whatever. <laughs> but are you on Goodreads, Mark? Yeah, but I think the only book I've liked on there was a Bill O'Reilly book, so most people probably won't want to follow me. But <laughs> you just lost a lot of fans by name dropping him. No, is Bill O'Reilly still a controversial figure? Is he even relevant still? Oh, he's still relevant. Not relevant. Still controversial. Still controversial. Oh, okay. Anyway, Killing Jesus by Bill O'Reilly is actually a good book. So. Oh, okay. Well, thank you guys for coming on this to crack open a cold case. Even though this case isn't cold, it's pretty hot. Piping hot. Yes. Yes. Exactly. But anyway. Heat check. <laughs> Ouch! Th thank you for listening. Um, we love you. Have a good evening. Oh, my God.